Welcome to Friendly Competition, a podcast to discover the best of all time. I'm Nick Keller, and alongside my co-host and best friend, Cody Lena, we discuss various pop culture topics and narrow it down to truly the best of all time. Or as we like to call it, the boat. Before anyone steps foot on the boat, we put them into a Sweet 16-style bracket, and we argue each round until we decide a winner. Nick, what criteria do we use when we decide who steps foot on the boat? Whatever the hell we want, Cody. But this season, we're also using the knowledge of our guest expert, Shane Schroeder. Shane, you want to tell them what we're talking about this season? We're talking about crime, mafia, mob-type shit. In film. Yeah. (laughs) No, yeah, not crimes that we commit on the regular or anything like that. No, just movies that do these. Yeah. But yeah, basically anything that's uh, related to uh, organized crime or just crime in general, it's a pretty broad umbrella that we gave this. uh, We basically are doing... What movie Shane likes. Yeah, what movies I've watched at least 10 times. <laughs> yeah, and they at just least. all happen to fall into this genre. <laughs> yeah. Are you uh, sure you don't, you're not doing crime, Shane? You seem to like do your research. I've done quite a bit of research, but we can talk about that off the air. I don't want anything incriminating on here. Hey, Shane, could you just, just look over there real quick? Cody, it's going to be really hard to try to bust him. <laughs> I, we know that he's a mob boss, and the cops asked us specifically to get him on wax committing his crimes. But he's not the new age the Meyer Lansky. <laughs> huh? Yeah, hey Shane, what's up? Yeah, man, hey, hey, how's it going? No, yeah, just what's up, man? But yeah, here we are in Group C, where we have the number two seed Copland going up against the 15 seed Pulp Fiction. Uh, we haven't said this yet, but just as a friendly reminder, we do not seed these brackets. Shane gave us his list, and then we put it into a random generator just in case anyone out there is getting a little upset. Uh, not seeing the love for a movie like a Pulp Fiction. Although we will learn from Shane why Copland is so good. And then we have the seven seed made going up against the 10 seed Godfather 2. Where do you, uh, anyone have a preference on where they want to start? Cody, I know you just saw Made. I did. I watched Made last night. So do you want to, I mean, I know we want to give Shane the space, but I mean, you just saw it. So do you want to give the people the recap? Shane, am I stepping on your toes? Absolutely, man. Take the reins. Okay, so Made is um from what i can tell two best friends from high school who want to work for a mob boss they kind of do tangentially one sweeps one is like a uh, one sweeps one sweeps he does and one one is like the bodyguard for strippers and stuff and like the driver for them uh they become they get an opportunity to be made men when they're given their first job by this boss figure and it is basically hour two hours long of one guy who seems competent dealing with the world's least competent individual the character played by vince vaughn might be the most i can't even describe him in words he's the worst friend you've ever had if you had to live with them against your will (laughs) just overwhelming I love that, it. I love the movie. Ever lived together, Cody? Is that it? Would just devolve no. He's worse into... than you, dude. This guy is just. <laughs> they are given a list of rules for their first mission, like their, their first job. Like, hey, these are the things you don't do. And within the next scene, he has already broken all of the rules. <laughs> so that's what we're dealing with. All right, and then Shane, do you want to give us the lowdown on God on uh, the Godfather Part Two? Yeah, I mean, where do you start with something like that? It's uh, it's definitely yeah. classic. And my, it's it's tough because I ran the fence between part one and part two as my all time favorites. But I love like origin stories of characters that are introduced earlier, and I think that's why two is always going to trump it for me because it gives you like 
the origins of where the family started, how it started and all the shit that they had to go through in order to get to that point. So it's, you know, I'm not doing it justice in its description. It's a beautiful movie. Like it's, it's definitely an older movie. So it, it gives you that vibe, but it, it holds up. It's got, it's kind of of a bygone era. So everything is kind of gold looking like throughout the entire film. A lot of movies now, if they're gritty, they'll be like, really dark blue or dark green. And this one is just like a, a piece of gold on film is like the best <laughs> way I can describe it because everything is low light. Everything is kind of yellowish. Every, everybody in there, I mean, Pacino's in there, De Niro's in there. And I think that's the last movie they did before they met up again in Heat. Or there might've been one more before that, but I, I think that one was kind of a piece of shit. But uh, yeah, it's a it's an amazing movie. Great origin story. Uh, great cinematography. Like everybody in there just fucking kills it, and it's it's one of the all time greats. I didn't. I like that idea of like having a good movie come out. The Godfather, right? Generally regard. I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm uh, any hot takes here saying The Godfather <laughs> is regarded as a good movie. And then I like instead of like usually you get the origin story then the then the next movie, right? I like yeah. the idea of like playing it back and being like, oh, hey, those characters you love that we just gave, they, you came in and they already had lived full lives and you just have to kind of jump onto the train. Yeah. Hey, we'll tell you the cool shit. That, we'll tell you some cool shit that happened to them early on. And like yeah, make sure. that the basis of, of your movie. I also didn't, when you were bringing up like the age of the film, because it's so iconic, because like, Godfather, Godfather 2 are so heavily regarded as the best films. To me, like they're they're timeless. I didn't realize these came out in 19 the this one came out in 1974. Yeah. 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 But it like, doesn't look like that. It, it like it, no. I don't know if it's just a restoration, but it looks amazing still. It's a beautiful film. Yeah. That's what I that's what is for me kind of blowing my mind here because one of the like the fun facts that I know about the Godfather movies is that they basically informed what the mob in America started to look like and do like before these movies came out. I mean, the, the mob and all that stuff was always there, but it was really just a bunch of dudes who just committed crimes together. Yeah. Whereas like the idea of the dawn and like the kiss, the ring and the, you get one wish on your daughter's wedding day or whatever the fuck, all yeah. of those like traditions and things are so much more born out of this movie. And then the film is where people are like, oh shit, wait, we're the mob. We should look like that more. That looks way fucking cooler than what we're doing. <laughs> These fucking sweaty like tank tops <laughs> and shit. And the so Godfather it, movies are the reason why I thought for the majority of my life I was Italian when I'm not. <laughs> because, not because I watched them and I thought that's cool, that's Italian. Because you're sweaty? Yeah, well, no, I'm Dude. very not sweaty. <laughs> but it's because I knew that my dad's family in Kansas was involved in organized crime in a lot of ways. Like we had some oh, uncles that were killed and stuff, but I didn't realize that they were Irish organized crime as well. So when I heard they were in the mob, cause that's what they would always say at like family reunions. Like, Oh, the uncle did the mob stuff. I was like, Oh, we must be Italian. Yeah. <laughs> and then Rightly so, because it's Kansas city and that's, that's yeah. kind of how it goes down there. And then I brought it up one time and my dad's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You idiot. We're Irish. We're not Italian at all. You dumb piece of shit. <laughs> He said she that in front of my wife so too. Badly. Catherine was there. My wife was there when I learned I wasn't Italian. Everything I taught her, I told her about my life was a lie. And then he put a hit on you. And then he put a but hit you, on you. But, uh, unsuccessfully, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it's currently unsuccessful. Yeah, it's, it's still- It's just going to be a hey, very slow burn. Hey, Shane. <laughs> hey, Shane. 
could you maybe shut the fuck up? Maybe some of us have some plans for the money that's on his head. Okay. Could you maybe just shut the fuck up? And we're just trying to create a relationship. Apologies. Over- as long as there's a finder's fee involved, I'm fine. I got you. I got you, man. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later. Pandemics really put a pause on all my hits that I was planning on getting because you got to stay. I mean, I'm a, I'm one of those, well, yeah. I'm going to hit somebody now is cough. Yeah. (laughs) So here's the thing that I, 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 I'm going to guess. I, once again, we are now to the part of the bracket where I have not seen anything. So I'm much relying on everyone, but I'm going to base some of my decisions on culture, cultural relevance. And I'm going to, I'm going to guess that there's just no way that this is going to go break in maid's way. Cody, he's, I mean, I, like I said, I know you just saw it. And okay, I do, here's the deal. Godfather is better than maid. That's, I don't think that's an argument that we're going to make. Oh I don't God. think Shane's going to make that argument. Oh, you I haven't really, seen him. I really well, wanted you to do that and be that. No, <laughs> I'm actually going to, I it's, I know since you guys are going to go Godfather, I'm going to go maid just for the sole fact that Godfather's over three hours long. And that is egregious. That is not, it's too, I get Shane likes long building stories. Man, to me, if your movie's three hours long, that means you can't tell a story because it's too fucking long. You need to edit it. I, I can see it from that uh, point of view, I suppose. I don't need to see rolling Italian fields in like 20 minute landscape uh, shots. That's but fine. You do. You do. You have to see those. You have to see rock formations that long lines of Italian children are walking through <laughs> on the way to a funeral procession. You have to. <laughs> There's no getting around it. Does Maid have that? No, no, no. Maid's got a bunch of shirtless men on motorcycles. Does- well, that's true, including Phase on Love and Puff Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> does Does Godfather have Puff Daddy in it? No, huh? it does not. It does not. Puff I, Daddy was a. I need to watch this again eye. before my thing goes away because Vince Vaughn. I hate. It made me uncomfortable. Why his his acting in this movie made me uncomfortable. It was oh, so for sure. realistic and so he nailed that person that you don't want to be around. Yeah, exactly. So hard. But now I want to watch it again. That but if you get a chance, you gotta I don't need to do it. You gotta watch the outtakes to that. They're fucking hilarious. Like where Vince Vaughn and uh, Favreau just burst into laughter, like after something dumb Vince has said. They're fucking hilarious. And uh Puff Daddy even like he gets in on the fucking outtakes and shit and he's just he can't stop. It's awesome. Yeah. I I mean we gotta go with Godfather, but I'm my vote on on the record will say mid. <laughs> Fair. I mean, just to just to make sure, because I would really hate for uh, uh, Shane. Can you confirm that you are gonna go Godfather real quick, just so that way, if you pull a fast <laughs> Godfather one, part two. Uh, yeah, yeah, Godfather, go Godfather part, part two. Okay, I just want to get that on wax, and because okay. uh, that is the way I'm gonna. I'm not trying to pull a fast one here either. The last thing I want to do is say Godfather, and then you say made, and then this whole bracket now is falling apart. God, uh, <laughs> uh, I do the one. The last. The only thing I want to say about made that I do love is the idea of like doing a buddy comedy within the genre like i think shane like you said like you could have picked just every scorsese film essentially this and just made this list all michael mann and scorsese movies but like i i like that there's like no let's have a little fun in this world like there's gonna be idiots this movie is funny yeah there's no like question it's hilarious I think we need a gun. He says that like 10 times in the movie and it becomes a running joke that is so good. Yeah, exactly. And he's always like, he's trying, like Vince is great in that movie. That's the last movie that I saw where he was actually like piss your pants funny because he's constantly harping on the fact that he wants so badly to be a gangster. He's like, wait, yeah, let's go to a fucking pawn shop and get a gun. We need a gun. And he ends up getting a gun, but it's like a starter pistol. So it's got the red cap in there, you know, for the fucking races. So he can just go around scaring people, basically, is what it boils down to. He doesn't actually own bullets. He's just got a starter pistol, and he holds up a room of people who eventually 
realize it. Plug in <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man, it's a it's a good it's a good watch for sure. Yeah. All right. And uh, Sam Rockwell is in that movie as well as the uh, the concierge at the hotel that they stay at, yeah, and he, uh, he brings in up. like a fish in a fish bowl. He's a very small part, but he's fucking hilarious. Where Vince is like, "Hey, where's uh, where's the nightlife at? You know, where's the hot ass?" And he's like, "What are you talking about, clubs?" And he's like, "Yeah." And then he says something very inappropriate, and he goes, "Yeah, if I was one of these, I could get laid on the subway." <laughs> There's all these little one-liners between him and Rob. Vince is good, yeah. Oh, uh, it's a good one. Uh, but yeah, Godfather 2, no doubt. All right. So next up, we have Copland, the two seed, going up against the 15 seed Pulp Fiction. Shane, walk us through Copland here. It almost looks like now we're on the other side. We're not. It's not about the organized crime. It's about the those who fight the organized crime. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's one of those movies where I just watched this the other night for the first time in a while, and uh, it's just another star-studded like cast of people who have been in these types of movies before, but also some that haven't. Like Sylvester Stallone gained a bunch of weight for this to play like a kind of down and out cop who it's his job to be the sheriff of a town that has been established in uh, I think New Jersey or maybe right on the outskirts of New York where it's you know a population of like 1,000 people but they're all somehow affiliated with uh, organized crime and or corrupt cops and so they're basically free to come and go as they please and they get a bunch of like breaks as far as people coming down on them because internal affairs which is led by uh, Robert De Niro is kind of looked at as obviously like the rats of the whole situation because they're coming in to investigate all the crooked shit that yeah. Harvey Keitel is doing over the over the river. So I mean, it's 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 one of those things where it's like kind of role reversal for De Niro. He's playing the good guy in this, even though he's kind of a prick. Like he's in internal <laughs> affairs and he's trying to take everybody down, specifically Harvey Keitel. And Sylvester Stallone is the sheriff, but he's kind of. I want to say useless, but he plays like a guy who will just go along with anything that's going on just because he's kind of a like cowardly individual. He's, he couldn't get any further in the police force because like he lost hearing in one ear, just all this random shit. But yeah, I mean, there's so many, you know, and again, Ray Liotta's in it. So <laughs> what else it's do you need so to know? It's so weird seeing like you, Ray Liotta and then next to him. Yeah, you got Harvey Keitel, Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro. And they're like, you know who's going to round out this powerhouse cast? We need the acting chops of one Mr. Sylvester Stallone. Exactly. And Robert Patrick, the guy who played the T-2000, he's in here as a crooked cop. Uh, Oh, yeah, dude. We just went went and just cleaned up all the scraps from the Terminator set. Yeah, man. Uh, Let's see. Peter. Yeah, Janine Garofalo's in here as one of the good cops that's on Sylvester Stallone's side. Um, Michael Rappaport is in here as like one of the... He's like... He actually is who the story focuses on because early on in the movie, Rappaport accidentally shoots, well, purposely shoots somebody who he thinks is holding a weapon. And then it turns out that they had nothing. And then, so the cops are on his side because he's a cop and they plant some evidence in the uh, car. And then it kind of weird. What are the fucking odds that that would happen? (laughs) So you're basically calling it a documentary, essentially a bunch of, Bunch of cops just letting the other ones get off. Uh, Don't get me started on cops. You yeah, another to... another topic. No, I cops think and yeah, billionaires. this is. Uh, I mean, it really does. As we've kind of gone through this journey, I really do just want to know what casting was like in the nineties. Yeah, were these like how much of it was like? Did you just catch cast Robert De Niro and then just tell him to call his black book and just yeah, see it, who had like four <laughs> yeah. weeks available? 
And it was just like, yeah, man, just call anyone, Robert, anyone that you can think of and uh, just have them just have them be in this because, man, are you just seeing the same faces? And I mean, then and then it's funny to see, like, when someone new comes in, like Eddie Falco, I like this is probably kind of maybe maybe her foray into this. And then she goes on to be fucking the wife on Sopranos. So then yeah. that's her, her, and like, then she becomes a permanent staple in all of this. And then of course we have Pulp Fiction here. I mean, that's a, <laughs> you want to talk about one that's hard to summarize. <laughs> yeah. How would you summarize that Shane? You're our expert. Well, Pulp Fiction is one of my all time favorite movies. And I first saw it when I was like 11. So I was fucked up from the get go. Like, I can't believe my parents even let me watch that, especially with the rape room scene in the uh, the basement of the pawn shop. I've never really looked at pawn shops the same way after that. But it's awesome, man. It's it's another Tarantino, obviously. Um, It's people had, I just remember hearing people generally speaking had a lot of problems with it just because it's like a puzzle that you have to solve in terms of uh, being linear. Yeah. It's not whatsoever. Like it's 16 different stories that jump around and all kind of interconnect. And towards the end of the movie, you, you piece it together slowly, but surely, but yeah, it's, it's definitely an original way of making a film. And it's, he was the first, this is like the one that did that. Now those yeah. movies you see that are pieces and jump around. That's because Tarantino came out and did this. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, who knows? We were talking about this before. Maybe he stole that from somebody. Who knows? Oh, he probably. And if he did, he'd probably readily admit it. Oh yeah, no, but, he'll he'd tell you he'd tell you where it where it originally came from. If if he didn't, he does seem like the. I mean, just the who Tarantino is. It is not shocking that he would like. I don't know if he did coke, but he's got mad coke energy. <laughs> that like he has coke. There's no that, way in hell. Yeah. No, no, no. There's no fucking way Tarantino hasn't done coke. That, he's, like, cur- he's probably currently doing coke. You could just see him like just fucking coked out talking to like a Hollywood producer, just being like, all right, so here's the fucking thing. Here's the fucking thing. So it's a fucking movie, right? It's a big fucking movie. And it got fucking, <laughs> it's got a killers and it's got, uh, That's it's a got spot a, on a impression. Yeah. <laughs> and, it really uh, is. and I'm gonna, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to, it's going to be out of order. You see, so like, you know, how some movies, yeah. it's got a beginning, middle, end. This thing's got end in the, in the middle, but the beginning is in the, in the middle too. And the, and the <laughs> middle is actually in the middle. And there, so the whole thing is like one big fucking middle. Do you, do you fucking get it? You see what yeah. I, do you see the vision? And they were like, dude, you may, Reservoir Dogs made us money. Here's, here's some fucking money, dude. Please just shut the fuck up and go. Let's yeah, talk about scene, another, another dude that you want to scope. with that thing. <laughs> So I'm sure like a lot of like crazy shit was going on behind the scenes where Weinstein probably didn't even look at the script. He was just too busy, like uh, well, being a creep, <laughs> doing what he does. And, yeah. uh, he just gave it the green light. Yeah, that's probably I'm true. Sure if he yeah. actually sat down and read it, he'd have been like, ah, maybe not. Well, and this is one of those two where, uh, well, it, I mean, it's got an interesting, you know, as far as the cast goes, not the same as far as having the same people over in the, the kind of the mafia genre, but like you get, I mean, I remember reading like this was he was like dead set on like giving John Travolta a new career. Because yeah, at this Bruce point, Willis. yeah, like this is kind of the end of the road for like John Travolta. Yeah. Samuel Jackson's probably on the rise more than he's not, but it's a chance to give him a shot. And then like Bruce Willis too, just giving some guys who had like, you know, done some cool stuff in the 80s, 70s and 80s. And now this is it's a big like thing for Uma Thurman too, wasn't it? Like her, oh, this, yeah. is her. this is more of a breakout for her, for sure. And yeah. Christopher Walken. Let's not forget that Walken once again pops up. He rears his head in another crime yeah. drama. <laughs> I bet, I bet you guys money that Quentin Tarantino can fit his whole fist in his mouth. <laughs> Do you want to, where does that come from? I'm where just is, looking at this guy's that. big ass face. Like, look at it. Are you just looking at pictures of Tarantino? Yeah. Right now? There's, a just... meme, 
there's a meme going around that I just saw. It's fucking hilarious because it's got, you know, from the most recent one that he did, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it was yeah. for like Vanity Fair or some shit like that. Yeah. And it's him, Brad Pitt, and Leonardo DiCaprio, like just sitting in a classic car and it's like a shot from above. And you just see the look on Tarantino's face and it's, it says something to the effect that I like that Tarantino thinks he's the sexy one in this photo. <laughs> <laughs> Dude's got Because you look at him and he's just like, he's, he's like, he thinks his shit doesn't stink. Like he's got the biggest shit eating grin on his face. He's, oh, yeah. he's at this point, the only white writer I know, like screenwriter, who will actively put the N word in his scripts. And we all oh, yeah. just kind of go like, yeah. I guess like we yeah. just kind of like he started Reservoir Dogs with using the n-word and then like no one corrected him and then it sounded like it just <laughs> got too late for us to be like because like right now it, it's funny because you would know there's I mean obviously for a million reasons but like cancel culture whatever you think of it we would have fucking ended a dude's career if we thought he could get away with it but like we still let him do it we're like <laughs> how many n-words in this one yeah, Django, I think, was the worst. And uh, even Leonardo off. DiCaprio pulled him aside. He's like, I can't. Or he pulled uh, Samuel L. Jackson aside. He's like, I can't do this. And Samuel L. Jackson just looked him in the eye and he's like, this is a fucking Tuesday. Get to work. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. You're on a, a Tarantino yeah. set and you can't say the N-word? My guy, <laughs> what are you doing here? I mean, oh. Copland sounds interesting from the standpoint of like, A, you are getting the other side of it, which is cool. Kind of the the corrupt cop because that's one of the it feels like you know in all these movies we focus so much on the mafia i think what's cool is to see like how they kind of play the cops and like get them on their team and and like who knows what and all that and to have uh de niro be our uh de niro's mustache game is on point too and it's very like the soundtrack is very heavy on uh the boss man what the fuck springsteen yes did they blow their budget just getting springsteen I don't know, man. I just know that uh, that's the only thing that Sylvester Stallone's character listens to when he goes home to sulk because he does <laughs> a lot of sulking in this movie. Like he'll just, things don't go his way. And then that's Tuesday. And then it's Thursday and things don't, don't go his way again. And he just goes home to sulk and listen to Springsteen. I mean, I put on the boss when I'm sad too. Yeah, man. I don't blame him, but uh, I, I don't know. I think that, that, that there's definitely that, a vibe. Isn't that just what they call therapy in New Jersey for older men? <laughs> Yeah. Like you go to see a yeah. therapist, like, man, I'm just kind of dealing with some shit. And they're like, uh, so I'm going to give you the river by Bruce Springsteen and, uh, yeah. and a fifth of Jack. Here you yeah, go. And here's the ghost of Tom Joe. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I, yeah, I think we, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, uh, pull pop or, uh, say Pulp Fiction's got to go into the next round. Yeah. I'm going to go Pulp Fiction myself, unless Shane thinks we're making a terrible decision. I mean, I don't think it's a mistake. I think that's definitely the better film and uh, the more iconic film. But uh, definitely, if you haven't seen Copland, it's worth checking out. It's a great fucking movie. I think it's a really underrated movie. Like, it doesn't get it to do, and it's got awesome acting in it. It's also got some horrible acting in it. So just, you know, be prepared for that as well. I just like that this sounds like it's in... I know that there's a time period where basically Sylvester Stallone, like, people forgot that, like, Rocky was an Oscar-nominated screenplay. Yeah. Like, the Rocky movie that he wrote is an Oscar-nominated screenplay, and I feel like it kind of, he, it got away from him a little bit, so he's like, no, I need people to fucking take me seriously. So then he starts in the, like, mid-90s taking some of these roles that are, like, kind of close to what he's known for, but also at the same time were maybe more prestige films. Like, Like, Demolition Man comes out in 1993, which is, like, Heavily regarded. I love Demolition Man. All right. Yeah. If it weren't for Sylvester Stallone, like I think a lot of people want to categorize it as like just want another big '90s action movie. But it actually is one of those like science fiction movies that like 
oddly predicted essentially the future we're currently in and heading towards. Yeah. And, and so like, this would be the matrix if it weren't for the fact that Sylvester Stallone is in it and people are like, oh, it's just like a nineties action beat. But <laughs> yeah. he like saw it for being like a really intense film. And it feels like that's what he tried to do here with Copland. Was it's fine. crazy though. Cause looking at the budget for demolition, man, it's just 45 to 77 million. And then you think about like reservoir dogs where it was a million and you're like, maybe yeah. more with less is the way to go you're right usually yeah yeah i mean honestly because you can't rely on anything else other than story at that point and acting so i don't know i think that's why like a lot of my favorite movies are completely independent mm-hmm. i mean i i consider pulp fiction even though it was a studio release i think that still kind of falls under the heading of independent because the budget was so small i mean, I mean eight, they had big stars but eight million dollars and it grossed 214 million Jesus that, Christ, at man, that's a hell time. of a return. Yeah. 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 That, at that time, too. Like when that's you like think Marvel about, numbers nowadays. Yeah. That's opening weekend box office. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's crazy. Or yeah, but you're right. There are some movies that don't even, won't even touch that, that were, so, that their budget was 200 million. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I think you got, we're, we have Godfather 2 going up against Pulp Fiction, guys. This is, <laughs> this is a fine, I mean, this, this, this could, this could be a finals realistically. I mean, it's, and once again, Tarantino having to go up against just a standard. Like yeah, I, exactly. I feel bad for Tarantino because like, I've, like I said, I haven't seen either of these and I, and I would like, to, I, I know I will at some point in my life get to both of them. Cause I know how important they are. I Wait, actually, you haven't even seen Pulp Fiction. I know I, the most I remember is that we were at a party that I was at a party once and like maybe everyone was drinking and it was on in the background, oh. but it's also where I've seen so many of the, like the snippets, like where, you know, like, yeah. like, you know, the, the gold suitcase or the suitcase and the gold light. Yeah, I know yeah. the Samuel Jackson <laughs> shooting someone over a cheeseburger, like all like the stabbing in the chest with the steroid needle to yeah. bring yeah. her back. The, the rape. stuff. The rape is the one thing that always will always and forever stand out. Yep, yeah. that's kind of in there forever. And huh? see, and that's the part that I I don't have that. And so maybe I don't need to watch Pulp. I have all the good parts of Pulp Fiction. I don't need anything gratuitous. But I do. I mean, you need I, to see the gimp at least once in your life. You need to see a grown man come out of a fucking locked box where he's forced to sleep, dressed head to toe in leather with no opening in the mouth, and just uh, keep watch if people. Nick's seen that. Not that yeah, part of the movie, but he yeah, knows that's, what that's like. Just oh, yeah, life, yeah, that's okay. just some day-to-day life stuff. That I don't, you know, I don't need to get too personal on this podcast. Here's yeah. the thing. We are talking about two movies that are both in the Library of Congress. Like, oh, wow. that's that's the level of quality that we're talking about here. That these are the films that when, when America gets toppled and then by wherever, and then they look back though on our records and they'll say, what was the most, what did they say was the most important stuff in their in their culture? And Godfather Part Two and Pulp Fiction are going to be named as some of the most important things to understand media in America at that time. That is wild. I think it's worth noting too that uh, Coppola didn't even want to do The Godfather. Like that was not, that was an afterthought to him. He did that as like to, I think, get funding for his next project with that studio. So he was like, ah, fuck it, whatever. He read the book and he was like, I guess I'll direct it. <laughs> so he, fucking, he didn't really, he just wanted to dip his toes in. He didn't know it was going to become a franchise. Whereas Tarantino like was gung-ho to make Pulp Fiction. He's That was like his baby. So it's kind of interesting to see like how good Coppola did with something he had no interest in whatsoever versus like how good Tarantino did with, you know, years and years of planning. Yeah. Yeah. I do love the idea of like, 
just someone just half-assing it on set and making one of the greatest films of all time. <laughs> like, just straight up, like, people are coming up to him. Like, I mean, whether, it, you know, it's The Godfather, Godfather Part 2. You have, like, literally Brand. Well, isn't that Brando in, in The Godfather? And I know, I, spoilers, that's going to be a part of it, so I don't want to say too much about it. But, I mean, legitimately, you want to talk about half-assing it on set, that's the movie that's renowned for the fact that Brando, if you see him talking to someone, that person on their belly has a script. That's why, that's why you only see them from behind because Brando didn't want to learn his lines. Nice. So he's, so he's half-assing it. Yeah. Coppola's in there half-assing it and their half-assery, you still end up with one of the greatest films of that's all time. Awesome. God, so that's I, cool. I love that, that you like Pacino's coming up to him like, Hey, I'm just, I'm trying to get in this, this character's head and I'm trying to find the motivation. And, you know, yeah. I'm just thinking I should do this. And Coppola's like, yeah, man, sure. Don't worry about it. Yeah, just yeah. fucking get in there and say whatever, and we'll move on. Dude, lunch comes. Lunch, like lunch comes deep, in twenty deep, minutes. He's a, like yeah. he's getting deep in it, and then Mar and then Coppola's like, I don't know, just tape the script to his stomach. I don't. Yeah, yeah exactly. Whatever. Fine. So fucking shoddy compared to everything else. Yeah. I mean, it is interesting, like, because you we get super nerdy about this shit because I don't know. It's always just interesting me, like the goings on behind the scenes, like hearing something like that he had the fucking script taped to his belly is ridiculous to me. Like I can't even fathom how having arguably one of the best, the biggest movie stars of all time, Marlon Brando, like just sitting there like, I can't fucking, can we turn the lights up? I can't see his stomach. <laughs> just it fucking drives me crazy. Cause I'm like, I've always wanted to make movies. And I'm like, if that's really all there is to it. Right. That you like, you, you like, you want to be on the set and you want to imagine it's like the only way a good movie is going to get made is if every single one of us puts in a hundred percent. And that's like what yeah. I think Pulp Fiction kind of is. That's yeah, everyone sure. being like, this shit only works if we are dedicated to the max. If anyone is giving less than their best, this will not work. And right. then you look at the other side of the spectrum and yeah. it's just people being like, man, I fucking showed up. I got my yeah. coffee. I read the lines. What more do you want? And then yeah, it's monkeys in a dartboard. It's you just like, yeah. fuck it. We'll do what we do. And if it sticks, it sticks. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so dude, it's, it's, it's like regarded as the best movie of all time ever. <laughs> wild to me all right maybe we just a reminder these, though anyone making something maybe keep that as a reminder that sometimes you don't have to go in a hundred percent as yeah. long as you feel confident just give it you get, put in a little effort in just enough just you should enough. care more about craft services than you do the actual film One, and then you'll oh, be yeah. fine yeah exactly i mean this is i i honestly to me i just feel like not knowing these not knowing them for the actual film itself. And I, I'm only going to go on like how important they are, which is, I mean, we're literally talking about maybe two of the most important films in, in the history of film. I still, I got to go Godfather part two. I'm, I am going with Pulp Fiction because it's definitely more of a style of film. I would want to watch and be like, I That's like ballsy, man. I like that. I like, yeah. I mean, I like stuff where I like that. It jumps around in time. I like thinking like it keeps you, Entertained, but also keeps you thinking and trying to figure out what's going on. Godfather is just so fucking long, man. I can't. That's always going to be a negative for me. I once you get over two hours, you better be bringing like some heat, and it is, yeah. it is. I understand, but that's that's too long for me. I gotta, I gotta go Pulp Fiction. Oh man, all right, yeah, that is tough. And to be honest, if it was Godfather Part One versus Pulp Fiction, I'd go Pulp Fiction, but. It's Godfather Part Two, and that, in my opinion, is far superior to the first one. So I'm gonna go with Part Two. Oh, God part damn it! Two. 
You know what's going to happen? No, I, I think that's a great win. Oh, cool, Shane. Yeah, awesome. You know what? We're going to end up having to watch like 15 hours of fucking movies. For this. <laughs> that's what we're here for, man. We Good, love movies. Goodfellas, two and a half. Currently, Goodfellas at two and a half hours. Godfather at three, almost three and a half hours. <laughs> Things to what do, if I made think. just one? Yeah, what if, if it made? I guess made just did. Yeah. Jesus Christ. And you, and you could have watched made, I think, six, seven times already by the amount of the amount of time we're gonna have to put into this. Uh, but yeah. that's why you got to do that. Re- we got to do that research. We got it. I respect the system, and I, I'm not gonna duck out of my research. And legitimately, in the next, uh, no spoilers for the next round, but uh, the next bracket, but. I don't think any movie is under two hours in the next one. So oh, it's man. not going to get any better. Most of them being three hour magnum opuses. So, so we will, uh, well, let's just, uh, well, for us, we're going to talk about it right now for you. Y'all will hear it on Wednesday, but thank you so much for listening to friendly competition. Uh, if you want to help out your boys, tell a friend about the show, share with them wherever you can on social media or wherever. And wherever you're listening to this, follow, subscribe. So we're always showing up in the feed and then rate review where you can as well. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media accounts. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just look up at friendly comp pod. Also, if you have an idea for a whole 16 team tournament, you'd like to see done email us to us at friendly competition podcast at gmail.com if it's good we will do it as a season and we'll give you a shout out every episode of that season shout outs to charizard for our intro and outro music if you want to hear more of their stuff head on over to band camp type in charizard and replace the vowels with sixes and shout outs to shane for helping us out shane where can the people find you uh social media is just at shane schroeder and then my website is shaneart.com there because he is an artiste I've, I've got so many shane pieces in my house it is basically half of our art so. oh my god you're gonna be able to retire early with that shit i know man i gotta get that god willing. i gotta get i gotta get that appraised <laughs> yeah no, hop, no. On, hop on this train right now folks if you shane, go get go get it now earmuffs, earmuffs real cheaper, quick i earmuffs. can tell you that much. Yeah, okay earmuffs shane Nick, i'm just i'm just waiting for him to die man <laughs> i'm gonna be so fucking rich when he when he kicks it I'm going to be loaded, dude. Even the secondary market, man. A lot of my friends have made more money on my art than I have. So (laughs) feel good about that. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. So pick up the stuff now. Like I said, it is not going to get any uh, cheaper. So that is it for us. Group D going to drop on Wednesday. But until then, I've been Nick Keller. And I'm Cody Lena. I'm Shane Schroeder. Thanks for having me, guys. See you on the boat. (laughs) 